What's up, guys? You are listening to the Beat London on a 3.6 FM with me, Bashak. Now, it is time for my favorite part of the show where we get social with a really inspirational guest or artist. And on this week's show, we'll be getting social with Pip Jameson. For those of you who don't know, Pip is the co-founder of Creative Network, The Dots. Now, I have been such a huge fan of this incredible website for its focus on inclusivity, information, and just really connecting the dots, right? For those of you who have not maybe come across the dots as much, um, it's essentially like LinkedIn, but so much better. Uh, basically a creative platform that comes and meets the 21st century. Hi Pip, how are you doing? I'm really good. It's so lovely to meet you, like not virtually, because we've only ever met on the dots. So I know. Really <laughs> Absolutely. I've definitely uh, lived in your inbox for a while. So thank you so much for taking the time to do this uh, on your Sunday. Really, really appreciate it. Um, I think for my first question, I just want to ask you, it's such an incredible feat to have built a website that not only builds connections, but walks the walk as I mentioned in my intro, in terms of all the opportunities and events and bits and pieces you create for other people, how does it feel? Because you have, you know, 300,000 members, which is 10% of the UK creative market. How does it feel to have as many high profiles and and, and make as many connections and really change people's lives the way that you do uh, because of your platform? Oh, bless you. Yeah, it's so funny when you're sort of in it, you're just building. And so... I mean, we've actually just hit 600,000 members. It's gone a little nuts, I guess, you know, since obviously March and lockdown, like we're a professional network, so we Mm. help people's careers. So the whole platform sort of just exploded. And yeah, it's just been, you know, it's been semi heartbreaking in this time because a lot of our community are really struggling, like finding work or they've been furloughed or they've Mm. been redundant. But I guess it's also just lovely to be able to give back and like have that ray of sunshine that, you know, mm. one, you're not alone. Two, there's other people that can help. And there are jobs. They're on the dots. You can find yes. them. Go so, on the dots. Find the jobs. Yeah. There's, so, other, there's moments to fix this issue in terms of, uh, you know, going on the website and, and, and uh, hopefully making the connections you need. Yeah. It's, you know, and you can go on the website and you can upskill as well. So mm. you can connect like you know, events that help you learn digital skills, for example, or just like everything I'm trying to build is a really kind, inclusive Mm. platform. And so, you know, you can just be really honest and saying, I'm having a really week and can someone just give me moral support? And and the community tends to support each other. And so, yeah, it's kind of, it's just lovely being able to give back when, you know, some, you know, people are really struggling right now, I guess. Absolutely. Do you feel like you've, achieved uh what you set out to do initially did you ever imagine it was going to be this size i mean 600k let me correct myself that's that's considerable i don't know well i mean it's really scary in some ways because yeah. like i am a non-tech tech founder so <laughs> you know i never studied computer science yeah. like i'm i'm just this crazy person who went i just hated linkedin and yes so corporate and it's so i just Hateful. It's painful. It, I felt like I had to be this corporate homogenous person to succeed. And I was like, I was just very naive and was like, I just mm. want to kind of invent a different way. And 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny because like, you know, my, my vision is to take on LinkedIn. So like, I'm always like yes. thinking of the future. Um, but at the same time, it's just, yeah, it's kind of magical to see where we've got. But um, yeah, I'm still like, yeah, we, I mean, in, in London now, you know, we're pretty big, but there's the rest of the world we can Absolutely. Help. I'm always thinking about that. Divide and conquer. <laughs> All right. I, I'm with it. I'm with it. Really, really cool. I have to say, you know, I, I really do live on the dots myself as a creative and, and I really have made so many professional connections myself. One of the producers for the show, I actually recruited um, from the dots. So there we go. It actually works. Um, could you tell listeners a little bit more about the project first mentality? Because I think that's really the heartbed of a lot of it. And um, it's one of my favorite features. So I just wanted you from your own you know, words to shed some light. If possible. Yeah. So, I mean, it's so funny because like LinkedIn's all built around a CV, right? And that's a really old school way of showcasing what you do. And I was working in the creative industries and I was surrounded by friends that were just working in a really different way. So they were working more on a project by project basis. And a project can be like, I'm building an app and this is the full team that developed the app. Or a project could be a radio show and this is the whole team behind the radio show. And really that's the way the world is going. It's more collaborative than individualistic and mm. so like the cv i think is all about the individual it's like look what i've done individually mm. actually that's not how work works you know you're coming together with a group of people and you're creating something and so the big difference between us and linkedin is like linkedin's all about your cv but the dots is all about projects but then yes. creating everyone around that project because creative creativity isn't just about the creatives it's about mm. everyone that brings ideas together from the producers to the host to the creative thinker so it, for us it's all about right these are projects and the collaborations and the teams behind those projects so mm. it's mm. just trying to be the antithesis to the horrible cv because it's horrible uh, beautiful and also to, to that point no one man is an island right you, the, 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 you it takes a village to even be that individual cv that you see that person didn't exist in a vacuum you know he or she had to have development or skill sets given from other people and maybe not acknowledging that is a very uh, single-minded uh, view uh, that doesn't open the doors for anyone else but that person to succeed yeah i mean it's it's a very old school way it's like mm. the boss came up with everything and gets credit for it it's that's, that's not how it works you know not like, at all and and to that point Let's speak about the traditional workforce for, for a minute because, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but the problem that I find that the dots is essentially here to solve is, is about trying to bridge that gap for creatives at the end of the day. You know, historically, you might have had a sturdy CV from a notable university. You might go ahead and go and get a white collar job and everything is good and right, right, and according to our society. That is a route and a, and a commendable route for some, for some people who are in, I don't know if you're a lawyer or a banker, that makes sense. There's a very kind of linear route you need to take. For the creative industry, it's not that way. And I can tell you, and a lot of other people can tell you, you go left and right and up and down before you even land anywhere uh, worth mentioning. So. Now that you've made so much noise as, as a platform and as a community, do you feel like uh, traditional platforms like LinkedIn, and there's others like them as well, will be forced to sit up and take note of the creative industry around them and create products for them? Yeah, I think it's going to be tough for them, to be honest. I think, mm. you know, you get like what they call the innovator's dilemma, like when you get so embedded, like 
you know, LinkedIn is so corporate. To try and move mm. away from that is very, very hard. Um, and yeah, it's brilliant if you're a lawyer or a, you know, something that's an accountant or something more traditional. But really what's interesting is like those traditional jobs are increasingly being automated and it's actually that kind of more project by project world that we're starting to go into. You know, there's a mass rise of freelancing, there's a mass rise of side hustles, loads of people mm -hmm. want to start their own businesses now. It's a different way. It's a much more fluid way of work. And I guess... Mm -hmm. It's going to be hard for them to sort of, I guess, pivot into being into, fluid when they're being right. so hard to fluid. It's almost like being a Republican and then turning around and going, well, I really do believe in Biden and believe in yeah. progressive values. It's like, where were you four years ago for the last four years? Anyway, it's my uh, dig at the American government. Um, and, and I totally agree. I think it will be very difficult for them to authentically cater to that creative audience uh, in a way that is believable and that understands... Uh, their, their strife without spending a lot of money in research and insights that you naturally had coming from that world, you know, which, which is, it is what it is. Um, how important was it for you to personally stand up for this community? Because you could have chosen essentially any group of people to, to kind of fight for. <laughs> Why was it important for you to choose this audience and shine a spotlight uh, on, on this industry? Well, I think it's just, you know, I was working in the industry, so I understood the pains and I understood all the kind of worries that you go through trying to develop your career. And mm. I just, as I said, it was quite naive. I just wanted to build a solution that worked for them. But I think on a much sort of deeper level, mm. everything I hated about social media and places like LinkedIn was the, the way they've been developed around negativity and mm it's very about like dog eat dog and it's just and it, you know I mean for example so many algorithms that exist with social media right now is all about hate speech and look what's happened to the world <laughs> um, and the reason being is their business models are based on advertising so mm -hmm. the way they need to make money is they need you to basically use their platforms like digital crack you know they need you yeah. on their all the time the problem with that business model is that then it is fueling hate. You know, they want people like Trump on their platform because lots of people want to see what he's saying and then mm. look at the world we've got to. So I think on a deeper level, I just, I, you know, I have rose tinted glasses about humans and everything. And I'm like, I just wanted to actually create a really kind platform yeah, that yeah. celebrates actually people being, so our algorithm is actually based on kindness. So the, the kinder and more helpful you are on the dots, the higher you come in search results and yeah. I've been the worst person to like or maybe yeah. the best person to run Twitter I would have deleted Trump years ago instantly so yeah we'll, we'll delete you know we'll delete people who are nasty on the platform yeah. and you know it's it's really important that I think when it comes to your career mm. you know you don't know the answers and I want to create yeah. a space where you can get support and help and yeah. mentorship yeah. and find find who you need to to make ideas happen I guess Absolutely. And that's so beautiful to hear that you're leading with kindness. I don't think I've ever heard a CEO, uh, male or female, ever say that. So, you know, so beautiful and so commendable that you carried on given the world we live in. Um, because I, I, I agree. I think people are fundamentally good and we are all doing the best we can. And let's give each other, you know, a hand if we can, uh, where possible. Um, you've said before that the hardest part of the journey for you initially was the funding 
Mm. Um, you've mentioned in kind of some articles that it was a challenging time and you encountered some sexism and obstacles. As a female founder, could you please give anyone who is listening some hints and tips around kind of VCs and that investor world? Because um, so many people are very new to it uh, and, and, and getting backing is quite daunting and most people won't even start with their really great kind ideas maybe um, because they don't have the funds and don't even know who to connect with. Is there any things you could tell us around how to operate in that world since you were so successful and what kind of pitfalls to maybe um, avoid? Yeah, I mean, gosh, raising money mm. is probably the most horrible thing any founder has to go through um, yeah. but it is particularly hard for women and, and yeah. other minorities so just to put it in context I mean here in the UK only um, only 2.3% uh, of VC money goes to founders and that's uh, female founders um, yeah I you know we raised four million um, it was one of the hardest things I've ever done um, I think the most important thing I, I can say to any founder is firstly, do you really want the money? Mm. Uh, because I think what you have to remember is that when you take on investment, it's a bit like going into a marriage without the benefit of makeup sex. Um, you are literally getting a, you no longer run your business. You know, you have investors who are, Potentially your boss. So mm -hmm. I think firstly, there's this kind of thing that we all need to raise money. Firstly, I think maybe assess if you really want to. I mean, it's very hard to succeed in tech without raising money. But if you have different types of businesses, there are lots of other routes. Um, I think the other thing is what I what I'm excited about is in my four years that I've been running the dots is mm -hmm. seeing a kind of a sea change in the investment landscape. So like four years ago, no one gave a shit about diversity when it came to raising capital. Now I find actually it's almost the opposite. Like a lot of investors are looking for good deal sure. flow, and that's brilliant because I think they've suddenly woken up to you know diverse businesses are better for business they're better for profitability they're better for innovation um and so they've started waking up so if you are a founder thinking of raising mm -hmm. then now is is the time good time <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you paved the way as, as a female founder absolutely and then now is the time to go in there and and, and, and again the product you you had an idea and it was a seed and the product that you built is always going to go through iterations and improvements and then have its own life and you have to allow for that journey. Um, but if you have a really good solid idea that you believe in that maybe can help humankind in some way, do it because we need you. We need people like you and we need more of you to, to, to you know, pave the way in different industries. Yeah, and I'm so excited by the rise of tech for good, you know, mm. and I'm so excited. There's actually lots of investors now that specifically invest in tech for good. And that's completely different than four years ago. Like mm. there are specific VC funds and capital funds that are set up to make the world a better place. Mm. And that is just awesome. <laughs> Amazing. I mean, that's exactly what we want, what we want to hear. And that new wave of funding will just create a world that is a lot more connected and does better good because you have the funding behind it so amazing really really cool we are gonna go into a break before we do i do want to just say thank you so much for being on the show uh, genuinely the dots uh is such a place of kindness and community i felt it myself hopefully i've given some of that energy back myself um really really appreciate you for being on the show Oh, pleasure. Of course, of course. We are back uh, in conversation with Pip. Don't go anywhere.
What's up, guys? You are listening to The Beat London on a 3.6 FM with me, Bashak. I will be with you all the way up until 2 o'clock. But until then, we are back in conversation with the lovely Pip, founder and CEO of The Dots. How are you doing? Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Great to still have you. Great that you're still here. Um, I really wanted to get into the current situation with you real quick, if possible, um, because I know that you mentioned a little bit, it's particularly tough for gig workers and freelancers at the moment. I noticed you added a remote working section on the website, which I thought was brilliant. What has the response been to that feature and how are you and your own team dealing with remote working at the moment? Yeah, oh, it's so, you know, if there's silver linings, what I've been loving watching is the massive rise of remote jobs on the dots. So mm -hmm. and we launched, we launched remote jobs probably just literally as lockdown happened. Mm -hmm. And like literally every month it's growing like 40, 50% month on month. So what's lovely is what we're finding is that lots of companies are going, you know what, we're going to go remote first. And so what I love about it for our community is, to be honest, before COVID, a lot of the opportunities on the dots were London-based. And so that was very accessible to anyone outside London or across Europe. But what I love about remote is now you can really work for anyone, anywhere. Anywhere, right. <laughs> I love it. So yeah, it's just been brilliant to like know that there are opportunities out there. Mm -hmm. and you don't have to work in London anymore to get them. You don't, and it's way more accessible for anyone in terms of getting experience um, that they need maybe for this for their portfolios. How, how have your own team been dealing with it? Yeah, I mean, it's so weird because we were, we moved remote like in a night and we didn't yeah. meet. And yeah. I've actually realized the team is so happy. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, in the end, we were kind of built for the future of work. The future arrived and now we're kind of practicing, I guess, what we preach. And yeah. a number of my team have actually moved. So a lot of them aren't British. So a number of my team have moved and working remotely. Moved now. away kind of and are able to work. So wow. In Sydney, people in Spain, people in France. And yeah. I think I love this new world of work where, yeah, you can, can actually have brilliant opportunities but yeah. not be based in London anymore. <laughs> and, it, and it promotes such a better work-life work balance, I think, where you're not having to do the commute, you're not having to do kind of difficult things, and it, it is purely about getting your job done and connecting with your colleagues, of course, which is also very beautiful, but uh, it doesn't require your physical presence at all times. If you're having a bad day, you can kind of be off camera and, and, and still have your meetings and just, you know, it's, it's, it's really positive, I think, for mental health. I think it's really positive for a whole bunch of different things. So um, good that your team are able to deal with it well, being a digital brand. Um, yeah. Digital first, digital is the future, as, as we can see. So that's really great. Yeah, it's, it's actually one of the things we set up because mental health has been one of the things that have been worrying me, like, you know, are my team going to be okay? And one thing we set up that they love is we have a buddy system. So every... Yeah you get assigned a new buddy in the team and really the role of buddies is just to catch up have a really random chat and just check in with each other and actually that's just been a lovely way for the team to become even closer because you're having one-to-ones instead of groups so it's nice yeah. and, and the conversations you're asking are maybe a little bit more emotional in nature where yeah. you don't necessarily with a colleague go I've actually had a really tough week and you're allowed that space I think to to divulge with someone that you trust someone that you work with that understands the the power, the, the good and the bad, everything, right? Uh, and, and can help and help na help navigate you through it. I can't speak, <laughs> which is great. 
Yeah. Um, if you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Before you answer, I want to I want you to answer from the view of the three attributes that you have that you feel like has contributed to your success so far. So three things that you feel like if I didn't have these three characteristics, I would have been screwed. <laughs> Definitely positive. Um, so I'm probably positive to a fault. Um, uh, uh, dyslexic. I know that sounds like a weird. Re- I'm, I'm very dyslexic, and weirdly, it, it kind of defines a lot of who I am. And the, you know, there's positives and negatives, but I definitely see my dyslexic dyslexia as a, a benefit. Um, and altruistic, maybe. I just, I, I, you know, I want to. I, 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 something that really frustrates me in the world is where we complain about the world we've been given, but we don't take responsibility for mm. improving that. And I think everything I've tried to do is go, right, I'm not going to complain about things. If I find problems in the world, I'm going to just try and find solutions. So maybe yeah. that, maybe that's kind of defined me. Oh, and maybe workaholic. Can I have a fourth? Yeah, you can have a fourth. <laughs> I love it. Work hard, do good, make change. Yes. <laughs> Ma'am, powerful, thank you. And what do you see as the role of the creative in today's society and culture? So you mentioned, for example, if you see a problem in the world, fix it. Um, Some people do that by creating an amazing website. Some people do that by creating really impactful art or music uh, and hopefully contributing to what was there once. What do you see as the role or responsibility of the creative today? Yeah, I think the first thing is to remember as humans, we are all creative. And I think Mm. sometimes there's this perception that we're not, but we're not. I mean, creativity is all about connecting things, coming up with ideas, solving problems. And I think it's actually what sets us apart from the robots, you know. Um, You know, that's, you know, the one thing machines can't do or automate is that human capability to be creative. And so... I think like the role of creativity is kind of the role of the future because everything that's sort of more automated or is, is going to be automated over the next five years. Right, right. So that wonderful ability for us as human, human ability almost, yeah. like humanness. This is like, you know, I see this problem in the world, I'm going to create a solution or I, I see, you know, I've got this idea and I can make it happen. And I think, yeah, I think creativity is what sets humanity apart on a very big level. <laughs> wow, that is an answer. So, so do more of that. Be more, be more of that thing, whatever your skill set is in this world that you have been given, right? Um, give, give that more to the world because we need it. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, it's back to that. If you see problems in the world, mm. try and create a solution to that problem. And you can do that. I mean, if, if I can do it, anyone can do it. You know what I mean? So I think, yeah, I think it's, and, and it's such a wonderful path. You know, I, mm. I think, you know, creative art tend to be kind of positive and collaborative. And it's just, you know, it's, it's a wonderful space to be in, I think. Well, thank you. That was really powerful. As a female founder then, who has come out the other side, the proverbial other side if I can, what does success look like for you? Um, it's funny because like, you know, for me, I've never been one of those people who like money is success. Like obviously money is fundamentally, but, but I, I live a very kind of frugal life. I live on a houseboat. I, you've never been into really material things. So yeah. for me, it's never been about the money, thank God, because when you're running a business, you know, <laughs> there's, a, there's a definite, you know, this, this perception that you make loads of money. Um, 
But I think success for me is, well, I think on a day-to-day level, it's loving what I do. And, Mm. you know, I can't love what I do all the time. But I, you know, I love it more than I hate it. And I think career success is like a recognition you know, you're going to spend most of your waking life working, you might as well enjoy it, you know. And so I think that's success for me on a day to day basis. Long term, it's about getting the dot everywhere. <laughs> so, I love that. Taking over the world. Expand your plans. Just coming to conquer you guys. Have you heard that? And it's so funny you actually mentioned that because um, I read somewhere recently, you know, no job is perfect and every job is difficult to some degree, but you've got to choose your difficult. You've got to choose the thing that is going to be challenging, but hopefully 70% of it you love. That 30% yeah. always exists everywhere. Yeah. And then um, that's, that's the good formula for a good yeah, life. There's no such thing as a perfect job. You're not going to love it all the time. But no. yeah, yeah it's, it's about loving it more than obviously hating it. I think there's this amazing Japanese philosophy. And because I'm dyslexic, I always mispronounce the name of it. But I think it's itiagi or itiagi. And it says like, pure career happiness is when you combine what you're good at what you get paid for and what you love doing but also what the world needs and Mm. if you find that magic spot in the middle that's where a job never feels like a job and that Mm. I'm really blessed that like I would rather be doing this than Netflix and chill any day so it's about finding that magic spot sweet spot I love it. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Pip. Now, before we get into some games, um, could you tell me what's coming up uh, next for you or for the dots? You mentioned expansion. Which cities do you want to hit first? Yeah, I mean, it's really, yeah. So we're, we'll be launch, we're launching internationally over the coming year, oh. which is really exciting. We're still trying to work out the roadmap because um, mm-hmm. uh, our app is only available in Europe. It's not available outside Europe. So, our, and actually quite a sizable part of our community is outside Europe now. So yeah, yeah we're definitely going to be launching the app internationally. Um, and yeah, we're also moving into kind of channels on the dots as well. So it's kind of like a crazy growth growth yeah. period. Um, wow. yeah, exciting and fun at the same time. How <laughs> exciting. I wish you all of the best with it. I'm sure it's going to blow up even more than it has. So uh, I'd love to see your world domination very, very soon. Okay, cool. Let's get into some games real quick. What did you want to be when you grew up? Oh my gosh, because I was dyslexic, I was just wanted to finish school. (laughs) Um, Oh yeah, I really struggled at school. So I think I just wanted to finish school. Like that was the thing I wanted to do. Let me get there first, yeah. Uh, I always wanted to do something that, that was made had some like positive thing on the world like that's what i always wanted to do that but yeah i think when i was young i was just like desperately trying to finish yeah. i'm trying to learn to read yeah. <laughs> get, get through get through the books and then we'll figure out the rest as it comes which, which you did which is beautiful houseboat or land and why oh houseboat every time there's <laughs> <laughs> a lady um, on a houseboat <laughs> i love it yeah i mean we've been living on a houseboat for five years now yeah. and, you know it is Magical. I mean, London is so expensive, right? Yeah. And yeah. it's such a cost-effective way of living. And I get to live on the water yeah. and the community is really lovely. Yeah. So yeah, houseboat every single time. <laughs> Love it. I'm looking into it after this conversation. You've changed my mind. Um, this show is called The Social, of course. What is your drink of choice if you do drink? Oh my gosh. So I, I don't drink spirits because yeah, I literally quit spirits when I was 21 years old for because for, I'm just a crazy person on spirits. 
<laughs> it's cider and I love mulled cider at the moment. I'm a crazy Christmas person so right now I'm drinking mulled cider <laughs> I love that oh it's so festive and it's got that smell to it that is oh it's just Christmas in a bottle yeah exactly and I love I love Christmas <laughs> mulled cider for you I love that okay my final question today is of course Sunday what is your favorite Sunday activity oh my god so Sunday's my one day off so um, for Sundays, I actually, we, we have a little woodland in the country and on Sundays I plant trees. So Wow. I mean, you are just so cool. Female founder by day, environmentalist by night. I love it. Very, very it's cool. cold to do it at the moment, which I'm loving doing this instead. <laughs> yes, okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. That is all I have for you today. Thank you so, so much. Um, it's been such a pleasure. I'm sending absolutely everyone I know to your site. So hopefully that does some good as well. Um, and please do come on anytime. We'd love to have you. Oh, it's been so lovely to meet you. <laughs> hopefully next go around, once you have taken over the world, uh, we could do an in-studio session and talk about all the cities that you've conquered. I would love that. So. Amazing. All right, guys. Up next, we have The Weekend with SZA. You are listening to The Beat London. Don't go anywhere. <laughs>